Jim, congratulations. Welcome to the London Knights Hall of Fame. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, very honored and humbled. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. It's not something you, you expect, uh, you know, when you get in the business, but uh, certainly very humbling and honored uh, to be to be called for it. So. Let's talk about getting into the business because we're going to get into it. But I remember being on the Knights bus one time and one of the coaches said, there's this number 13 on the Toronto Marlies. And you jumped up and you said, oh, yeah, no, uh, right shot defenseman does this, does this, does this. And all that. You had that in your head. Is this just something that you come by naturally where you've got a catalog of hockey players that just kind of stick? Yeah, you know what, Mike, over the years, I mean, I worked in the OHL for a long time, and I think, you know, I learned as I went along that, you know, recall and remembering players and information was, was important, and, you know, obviously evaluating players through that, you know, through that time, you kind of recall, and yeah, it, it's always been there, I've always enjoyed, you know, stats and information and, and learning about players, so yeah, it was always sort of there, and, and luckily it stayed with me as I get older. When it comes to scouting games and finding players, do you just know when you look at somebody that, hey, there's something different about this guy, or, or are you looking for all kinds of different things all at once? Well, I think, you know, it's similar to when you would watch a game. I mean, if you think about if you watch the Maple Leafs play, per se, um, or the London Knights play, you look at the players skating and their smarts and their, their habits and their work ethic, and I think a lot of those things come you know, won't always come in the first viewing, but some you can pick up certainly on players that skate really well or make, you know, consistent plays. So I would say you're just watching for, for tendencies that remind you of successful players. And I think over time, as you build a book, which I've been fortunate enough to do, you build sort of a book of comparisons. And to be honest, when I go watch the current, let's say, London Knights play, I do compare and, and think of players that I've worked with in the past when I worked there and and that's sort of a good recall system to say, hey, some of the similarities, this worked out for Boland or Dylan Hunter or, you know, players in the past or Rick Nash. I mean, that's obviously an extreme example. But, you know, Brandon Press, you look for, you know, things that they did in their game that make them successful. And I think that's as you watch the game. That's good. sort of how I pick it up. And then how much is off the ice? Because it's one thing to have a player off the ice, but as scouts, managers, you always get to know a player. And that aspect has certainly come into play when you hear those words of, of character. How much of that really has to factor in? It plays a huge role. It really plays a big part of it because at the end of the day, they're going to be at the rink. They're going to be doing this for a living um, you know, as they move along, and they have to enjoy it. And they have to have good, make good decisions in their life and in the, on the ice and with their teammates. So I would say personality and character plays a huge role in the success. And certainly is something we spend a lot of time with to make sure that we're, you know, digging in to find out what the families, you know, the upbringing of the, the young man that we're looking at, um, sort of how they've been raised and sort of what the, what the makeup of the player is. And I think that plays a huge role because there's a lot of talented players, um, you know, throughout the world, but, there's also the Sidney Crosby's and, you know, we, I've been fortunate with Chicago, like the Jonathan Tate's and Patrick Kane. So they're also really, really determined and competitive. And, you know, Duncan Keith, we've had a lot of guys in my time in Chicago and we had a lot of them in London, you know, with Brandon Press and Danny Sabretz and, you know, their character and their leadership and their makeup is what um, pushed them through above all the others. 
Jim McKellar of the Chicago Blackhawks joining us as we talk about Jim being elected to the London Knights Hall of Fame in 2024 and the induction ceremony will come up in the future. Jim, you've been a part of so many wild rides, Stanley Cups, Memorial Cup. You were there at the beginning of Mark and Dale Hunter with the London Knights. Anything you remember about maybe those very early days and what was happening that would eventually grow into what we just have become accustomed to in London, which is a whole lot of junior hockey success? Well, I would say at the beginning was grassroots. It was effort. I think, you know, it was work ethic from from the, the staff. I mean, Mark and Dale, I'll be honest, uh, Mike, they, I owe my career in hockey to the, those two gentlemen. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with Mark. I worked in Sarnia for five years prior to coming over to London. And then I was with them both for 11 years. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, what I remember at the beginning, and I started two weeks after they bought the team. So I saw everything but the first two weeks and since they've had the team. And, and I think at the end of the day, the, the makeup and the, the planning and the work and the, the second, you know, going back for a second viewing to find players or to dig in a little bit more on the business side to make sure we're running things efficiently. And, and I would say the leadership, the direction, the management that Dale and Mark provide, um, they work in unison. They're very supportive of one another, but they challenge one another. And I would say I learned at the best opportunity I could to work in this business by working with them and helping them as assistant GM for 11 years. And I feel very fortunate to be where I am today. And I owe all of it, to be honest, to, to the guidance that I got from Dale and Mark and, and their late father, Dick, I will mention, he played a huge role too in my development as a person. Um, he was a, an often roommate and a, and a very wise man. And I would say those three guys, Dale and Mark every day. And then Dick, whenever he was around, um, he was another voice to, be a sounding board and a help as we kind of move through the, the path of working in hockey. And I would say, you know, those three guys, I think at the end of the day, they're hard workers, they're planners, they're visionaries. They have a lot of really good ideas um, and they have a work ethic and to back it up. And, and I think that's shown over the last, you know, some 23 odd years they've owned the team. Um, and obviously in their long careers prior to that, but I think in their business, uh, both the farming and the hockey business, it speaks for itself, you know, the success of, of both and the way the London Knights have been and the culture they've created. So, Jim McKellar joining us. Jim, you mentioned those first two weeks. When did Markendale first see Rick Nash? Was it after the two weeks that I think the OHL Cup was happening? Because he's still the fourth overall pick who very easily could have gone first overall. And there's that story that no one has ever run faster to a draft microphone than Mark Hunter did after you guys decided that's who you were taking. Well, I still tease Mark about it, Subsy, because it was still one of the funniest things. It was the last year of the live draft, and it was, you know, we were picking fourth overall, and we had seen them. I, you know, previous to that, I had worked for Sarnia prior to that, and Mark had worked till Sar- with Sarnia up until January of that year. So he was current with the players. He got the team. He was out of the prospects. Tournaments were going on. Um, so he was very current, and I mean, I know that he was number one on the board for us. And I know that when we went through the draft, we were very nervous because, you know, we moved through the draft. I think the first pick was Patrick Jarrett. Second pick was Tim Brent. And then the third pick is where the story got interesting because it was the Owen Sound attack. And they went up to the podium, went up to the front, and they said, we select from the Toronto Marlboros Richard Power. And as, as soon as they said Toronto Marlies, he kind of sunk because he was a teammate of Rick Nash's. 
And we were like, oh, jeez. Oh. And then they drafted. And Richard was a very good defenseman. He played, you know, had a good career um, in the OHL. But Mark grabbed the hat, the jersey, and I think he – I don't know if he – you know, he basically beelined it for the stage. The minute he did – and he selected as quickly as you can select someone, he said, from Toronto, I was a catch. <laughs> and, you know, he was – and Rick came up and got the jersey and the hat. And I still tease Mark that he, he knocked people down going to the stage to draft Rick. And uh, we had a lot of laughs about that years after. But uh, Rick was a foundational player for the team and, and somebody that – got the ball rolling for them and a new ownership. And, you know, obviously he's, he went on to be a star in the National Hockey League, got drafted first overall. But he started the ball rolling. And then, you know, Corey Perry and Dave Boland and all the players that were in those those first couple drafts really built the foundation. That uh, And another player that I that I mentioned early on to, Sebzi, is uh, Chris Sewell. Played a huge role in the, the transition of the London Knights and the ownership and the beginning of getting better and winning. I remember who really, Almost single-handedly beat out the Plymouth Whalers. Rick was scoring, Mike Stathopoulos, a couple guys up front, and uh, Chris Hull would make 50 saves, and we managed to beat them out. Uh, so he's another one in the in the foundational uh, early stages of the London Knights that certainly made an impression on me. Jim McKellar joining us from the Chicago Blackhawks. Jim, let's talk about that. Moving to the NHL. Anybody involved in hockey always hopes that one day they'll get to be in the NHL. Not only have you done that, you've won Stanley Cups in the National Hockey League now. The move to the NHL, how did it happen? Well, it was, uh, you know, I was working. I sort of kept it, you know, fairly low-key that I was interested. I told Mark and Dale and, you know, others that I'd be interested in scouting the NHL, but I hadn't really put it out there. And then Mark finally said to me at one time, he said, hey, you know, you got to let people know if you're interested in moving to that. You know, there are lots of people who would be interested um, maybe get it out. So I softly sort of got the word out that I'd be interested, and nothing really sort of happened right away. I had talked to a couple of teams, um, but we were going into that 10-11 season uh, with the Knights, and I got a call from the Chicago Blackhawks said, hey, your name has been put forth. We wondered if you'd be interested in, in covering the OHL part-time for us. And I said, okay, be happy to. And they said, yeah, we have a few candidates, and we'd like to interview you. We'd be interested. So I did the interview. And it was Mark Kelly and Al McIsaac at the time um, that were doing, and Stan Bowman, um, that group. And they called and they asked if uh, Mark Kelly was my direct boss. And uh, he interviewed me and asked if I'd be interested. And next thing I knew, it was the middle of October of 2010. I was still assistant GM of the Knights, and the plan was to be part-time. And I, I joined on in October of 10 uh, with the Hawks. And I covered Mark and Dale were great. They allowed me to go to games and I write my report to do my regular job for London, but they also said, hey, we'll, we'll give it a night here or there to do that little bit extra you had to do for Chicago. So I did both for that year. And then at the end of the year, driving home from my first draft, uh, we drafted a couple of OHL players that I was involved in that very first year. And on my way home from the draft, I got a call from my boss. They wanted to make me full-time, so I notified Mark and Dale, and I kept them up to date all the way along because uh, I didn't want to leave them you know, in a tough spot. And then sort of accepted, started with the Hawks in July, basically July 1 of 11, uh, full-time. And then, you know, sort of transitioned from the Knights. I feel like I've never really left. I left, but they've always made me feel part of the family. So whenever I'm in, in town and in games, you know, I drop in and say hello and see you guys and, and all the people with the, with the Knights that I know so well. Um, so I feel like I've never left, but I've, I've been with the Hawks now for 14 years. So it's crazy to think how fast time moves. 
And the run that you went on over and over and over again, Stanley Cup championships. Jim, before we close out, you've told the story about a picture, and it, it illustrates Patrick Kane and, and his greatness and also what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. The picture of Patrick Kane, Dave Boland, and Duncan Keith. Can you tell us about that? Because we could tell Stanley Cup stories forever, but, but this seems to illustrate what it takes. Well, it takes a, a team full of guys that are competitive and determined. And, you know, we're lucky with both David and Patrick. I knew them very well. So it was fun to win with them in the OHL. David and I won a Memorial Cup together. Then he scored that amazing goal in, in two, 2013 uh, to beat out Boston, um, the two goals in 17 seconds. So I've got a lot of great history with David but uh, and Patrick. And, and Duncan, you know, obviously a determined leader and, you know, the makeup of a team is, is so important, and you need leaders, you need stars, you need guys who are team first, and I would say all those guys you mentioned, like, are team first, and, and they're a big part of the success of the Blackhawks. And, you know, they wanted in 10 prior to me joining, and then I wanted in 13 and, and 15, and we, we lost in the Western Conference Finals in between. So we had a few, few years that it was pretty crazy and a lot of good runs, a lot of good memories, and reminded me so much of the teams that we had in London and, in those years, in 04, 05, and, and 03, 04, and 04, 05. And, you know, they've had a number of runs since then. And uh, it's neat to kind of look back and, and compare the two. And I would say the organization is very similar. The, the winning formula, um, the reason for success is very similar. Jim, congratulations on being elected to the Hall of Fame. Thank you for your role in what you've done for the London Knights. Congratulations on the success you've had in Chicago and continued success. Thank you very much, Mike, and uh, thanks for chatting. And uh, a lot of great memories with you on the bus, too. Lots of times where uh, we sat close to each other and we were at meals together. So those are fond memories as well. So thanks for everything and appreciate your support.